You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them and that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Todd Fox and Gabby Gab. And today, narrating will be Maddie Matt. <laughs> but before we get into our uh, show today, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinding True Crime Podcast, and there you can find our page, comment on our page, like our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if you want to continue to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cash, and Podchaser. Go to RedBubble.com, type in Top Fox Radio, and there you can get merchandise courtesy of Grinding Two Crimes. And if you'd like to leave a Cash App donation and support what we do, you can just download Cash App, type in dollar sign grinding true crimes, and there you can do what you want to do. <laughs> uh, listener discretion is advised. We could go into details that can be uh, graphic and not suitable for a certain uh, audience. So listener discretion is advised. <sighs> do we have any shout outs today? Uh, not offhand, no. Not offhand for myself, too, but we'll definitely get in to some shout outs for sure let me shout out adam taylor man adam taylor has been following us since the beginning and uh he's still following us till this day so i want to give a shout out to adam taylor straight out of the aussie australia shout out to you adam yeah and i will say thank you to all the ones we have been getting messages on and off on different sites so we appreciate the the um we'll, we'll have questions and stuff on anchor because they just put up a new feature so people have been listening and Going on old episodes where I for, uh, I put up a question mark or not a question mark, but a, a question to the, the fans and they've been responding. So that's pretty cool. So if you can keep doing that and give us a five star, that'd be dope. Uh, that that'd really helps us with the algorithm. So, uh, yeah, giving us a five star, saying whatever you want to say, if you like the show or not. But giving us a five star would be amazing. That would be great. One, two more people I want to shout out to. Uh, shout out to Big Joe Medina. He's been a good friend of ours, too, that's been following us for a while. So shout out to Joe. And Shannon Pearson, shout out to you as well. Mm-hmm. All right. With that being said, we'll get into the story. And today I will be covering the case uh, Jesse Michael Anderson. Have you guys heard who, who heard of him? 
No, actually, it does not sound familiar. That's you, Todd. You know, offhand, no. Really? Yeah, I was. I was thinking you were gonna like because I really have. When you said all oh, in the in the pre-show that you know, um, or when we were talking, you said, "Oh, you probably know this guy." That name's not really ringing a bell. Maybe if I hear the case, I don't know, but that, the name so far, I'm, it's new to me. Okay, well, this is going to be a two-parter because okay. his story has a twist to it at the end, and oh, you'll see why. We do have a twist, all right, and you'll see why it's a twist. But I'll get to that in part two. Okay. But before we get into the twist. I want to give you a little backstory on Jesse Michael Anderson. He was born on May 3rd, 1957 in Indianapolis, but grew up with his father and mother and two sisters in the southern city of Alton in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, They were a middle-class family, and he didn't have any issues growing up. However, some of Jesse's neighborhood friends described him as having a short fuse and would be highly upset if things didn't go his way. Now remember that. Hmm. Who does that remind me of? <laughs> a lot of men, actually. <laughs> She's all men, men, men. Men, men, men. men, men. <laughs> men. Actually, yes, some men, but it also reminds me of some. <laughs> I'm gonna say women. They're more like girls. Oh, I know who you're talking about. That's children. Another, another subject. <laughs> Despite his tempers, friends also described him as someone that was very, very smart, but not outgoing at all. So he was kind of an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, on May 25th, 1970, uh, when Jesse was just 13 years old, his father died of a heart attack. And he took this very hard. And uh, not not too long after his father died, it doesn't say how long, but it was shortly after, um, his wife, uh, his mom, married a man named Willard Forsey. And he also had kids as well. Willard? Willard Forsey. Interesting. Yeah. That's a weird Don't be name. laughing at people's names. Now. <laughs> 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 um yeah. So uh he had kids of his own. Uh now Jesse clearly wasn't happy with this because he loved his father. And you know how it is for a man. It's hard to love, you know, appreciate another man who isn't your dad, especially if you had love for your dad. Yeah, it's hard not to. It's hard to like a new son, and then it's also hard to, like you said, a new father. That's that's a tough role. Yeah, yeah. So this really pissed off Jesse. In fact, he hated his new stepfather, and he hated his new step siblings. No bueno. Yeah. On one occasion when he was about 18 years old, he beat his stepfather so bad, he put him in the hospital. Ooh. Yeah. So he hated them. No question about that. So this was the year 1975. He was about 18 years old. After that, he would uh, graduate. Sorry, Sorry for interrupting. Did it say why he hated him so much? It didn't say, but I believe it's because he had so much love for his father, and um, mm, just you the know, fact that he took the just spot. the fact that he took the new spot, married his mom, and oh. probably he didn't take the loss of his dad well. Okay. So, <clears throat> so Jesse was uh, 18 years old at the time. He just graduated from high school, and after that incident, he shortly left home for good, and he would never come back. And later, he would enroll at Knox College, where he studied pre meds and military science. 
and became a member of the Reserve Officers Training Corps program. So you think he was trying to channel his anger into the military? Most people do that. Yeah. Most people do that. There's Didn't some say what he was doing. Yeah. Didn't say what he was doing it for, but, you know, I guess probably that case. You know, he wanted to get away from his stepfather and channel his anger, anger through there. Not only was he in the military uh, <clears throat> um, officer's training corps, he was also at the time a cook at a pizza parlor owned by a man named Tim McGraw. Tim the McGraw? Country, the country, country singer? singer. Uh, <laughs> the, don't ask me how I know him. <laughs> Gonna make some pizza. Gonna fry that, that pepperoni. <laughs> Why couldn't you go for daddy's little girl? Or barbecue stain on your white t-shirt. Man. <laughs> oh, there you go. God. <laughs> You got marinara on your pants. <laughs> Don't you act use me, those tide pads. <laughs> How do we know country songs? Right. I, I don't know. know. You just have to sing like it's that. Just, just gotta sing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two years later, 1977, uh, when his scholarship ran out from college, he was forced to leave college. So Tim, his uh, pizza parlor owner, offered him a job as a manager at the pizza parlor. Hmm. So he accepted it and moved in with his boss, Tim. And for a while, um, he moved in for a while. And in 1978, he met and fell in love with his co-worker's sister, Deborah Ann Reese. Mm. Yeah. Now, somehow, someway, Tim found out that Jesse was stealing money from the register till. So he offered him an uh, ultimatum. He said, uh, in order for you to keep this job, you need to go to the station and take a polygram, McMahon. What do you think Jesse replied? A polygraph? A polygraph. I'm sorry. I said polygraph. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading so fast in my own notes. <laughs> a polygraph. Um, I think he was like, all right. You think he just said he just accepted and just left, quit his job? Yeah. I would say he got into an argument and he refused to do that. And denied that he was stealing. Um, you're both kind of you're both right, actually. He just replied, "I wouldn't steal from you, man," and just accepted his termination. Oh, so he didn't even bother. He with didn't the even test. bother. Nope. Wow. So he took his stuff, went home. Uh, not went home. He left his house, but before he did, uh, he managed to steal Tim's shotgun and some sports equipment. Now, somehow, some way, I don't know how, but Tim was able to recover his shotgun, but all the other uh, memorabilia that he stole, he couldn't come up with it. So, already he's showing signs of a theft, that he's a thief. Dang. And despite stealing his shotgun and stealing all kind of uh, merchandise from Tim, no charges were pressed on it. So, he got away with, with everything scot-free, including stealing the money from the register and everything. So... He got away with everything. So he's like, he's like, yo, I, I didn't do it, you know, so I'm not going <laughs> to stick around, you know. But but yeah, like, are you going to give it back? I didn't do it, you know, so I'm going I'm to quit, you know. <laughs> don't don't judge me. <laughs> so when did Rocky get in there? <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I was thinking Willyard, and I'm thinking maybe there's that's a crazy <laughs> Italian name. name yeah, I'm, st I'm stuck <laughs> on Willyard. That's a different name. I ain't going to lie. I just hope he didn't have a son. It's like his son's like, please don't call me Junior. Please don't call me Junior. He actually did have a son. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's Junior. 
William Jr. He's like, yeah. no, Dad, I don't want your name. I would not want that name. <laughs> you know, the worst part was the things he was stealing. That's risky. What, money, shotgun? Yeah. I mean, he's 18. At the time. Well, no, he's 20 at the time. No, what I'm saying for such an explosive person to be oh, stealing yeah. weapons. True. That's yeah. scary. That's true. So, fast forward a couple of years. Uh, the year is 1979. Despite warnings from her parents and brothers that Jesse couldn't be trusted and he was deceitful, Deborah decided to marry him and move to Glen Ellen, a community about 15 miles of Chicago in 1981. Because he's a bad guy. Yeah. You know, them women love them bad guys. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, he's is that me. why your women are with you guys? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No. <laughs> no habla español. No habla English. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, you said no habla español. Spanish. You're speaking it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, technically, I can't speak Spanish, so it makes sense. <laughs> oh, uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, my bad. Uh, so in eighteen, I'm sorry, eighteen. In 1983, <laughs> their only son was born, John William Anderson. Okay. And this was also when Deborah started to see Jesse's true colors of who he really was. He turned into a lying, possessive, controlling, manipulative, and demanding person towards her. He also was critical about her weight. Since the birth of her kid, uh, she gained a lot of weight. And he was highly critical on her, calling her all kinds of names, such as fat, pig, all the things wow. that can make a woman down. What a bastard. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Says he never physically abused her, um, but verbally, he definitely damaged her. Yo, you um, can uh, you not eat all those donuts, you know? <laughs> you can could, you could maybe uh, have just one instead of three. Where'd Rocky come from? <laughs> <laughs> he jumped on from the other show. From- <laughs> Why don't you just, uh, you know, hit the gym, you know, work out a little bit. <laughs> Look like a pig. That's sad. That's cold, man. That's cold. I'm sorry. Yeah, verbally abu- verbal abuse. gave birth to his son, man. Whoa, where'd that come from, babe? I don't know. I don't know. I, I picture My the dude. Aunt. I picture the dude as soon as, you know, she's given birth, like literally holding the baby for the first time. You know, like they still has the afterbirth on him. He he's probably like, you know, when are you gonna get rid of that stomach? You know, you, you already gave birth to the baby. Why is the stomach still there? Uh, maybe so, man. I would kill you, babe. I, I, I bet you would. I bet you would. I'd be the next one you guys would be talking about on maybe the show. Like in this story, well, no, Gabby. Because you'd be dead. I'd be dead. Todd would be the one. My partner got killed in the accident. He's his like, we're wang was report- in his, his wang was chopped. Yeah, yeah. He he, he bled out from his wang. Where it used to be. <laughs> oh man. Um going through all the things that she was that she went through, she had a strong suspicion that he was uh while that while she was pregnant, that Jesse was having an affair. And though there was never proof, she strongly believed it. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. When I mention something later in the show, you probably think that it was true. Oh. Oh. Um, Jesse would brag to her 
about beating a man with a baseball bat and how he would talk about he would talk about it and that he was never charged or caught. Wow. He also confessed that in the high school in high school, he and his buddies would commit a series of burglaries and they too got away with it and never was caught as well. So he he did a lot of things. And um He was straight up putting it out there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. She she uh he was horrible. Um wait a minute, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. I got it got mixed up. So um in nineteen eighty four he received a bachelor's degree in a business administration at a um uh Elman Elm Hunt College. Um Jesse filed for divorce from Deborah at this time and his reasonings was what do you think? Why he filed for divorce? Why do you file he filed for divorce? Mind you, he's taking a bit he received a bachelor's degree in business administration. And not too long after he filed for a divorce from her. Mm. I'm gonna go with because of her weight and he wasn't attracted to her anymore. What do you think, Tom? I think I think he went a little pompous and probably figured, well, I'm too smart for her now. I'm I'm in another class than she is. So I, I I'll go with he thinks he's smarter than she is and she's not on his level. Um you're both wrong. Oh, oh. it's weird. The weird it's weird. What? She like candy his... corn candy? Is that what? No, she... man. <laughs> Just... I don't know. I quote, a... you, I quote you not. This is his reasonings. Okay. Extreme and repeated mental cruelty. What? Yep. Wait, he left Re- her for that? He left her for that. Extreme and repeated mental cruelty. I thought, I thought he was be... the abuser. I, exactly. And yeah, here's thought... some of his claims of what he went through. He claimed that his wife refused to communicate with him or socialize with him and his business acquaintances, and she failed to support his business. Wow. Hmm. So I'm guessing from all that, he's taking the business completely to himself, right? Leaving her nothing. We'll get into that. (laughs) Man. Well, they, uh, they had a divorce, whatever. And Deborah won the custody battle, and he had to pay child support. Uh, even uh, she remarried; uh, he paid it until she remarried, and she remarried a, a husband named um, John. I forgot his last name; I didn't write it down. Uh, but they eventually adopted their one-year-old son, their only son. So he officially had no custody over his own son, the Sweet. new husband. I officially adopted him. So he, he gave had up rights. Stuff. Yep. He lost his rights. Okay. So that hit him hard. And he also tried to follow a claim that he didn't get a chance to see his son at all. And she kept him from him. But the judge ruled that out. And so he lost his rights to his own son. So his wife, his ex-wife, Deborah, and her, her new husband officially raised their own son, his son. Wait a minute, but by losing rights, that means you don't have to pay child support anymore. Yeah, that that was the case though, because th- because of that, he no longer had to pay child support. So that so, sounds like a deal on both sides, then. 
in a sense, yeah, I guess, you know, he kept his money in his business, but, you know, you lose your son. And at that time, his only son. Well, I bet, I bet he would have kept him if his name was Williard, but, you know. Oh, my that, God, so. man. I mean, what's up with Williard? I can't get that name out of my head. I'm sorry. Oh. Okay. Now, pay attention to this one right here. Okay. So this was 1984 when all this happened, the divorce. Jesse would later marry his second wife, Barbara Lynch, whom he met back in 1983 while they were studying business in the college together. Mm. At that time, he was still married to uh, Deborah. When he met her? When he met her. And they would study in in their business class together. Yeah. So that's why I believe she thought suspicions of him cheating yes i agree a year later after the divorce was settled they married in march of 1985 and jesse wrote to barbara a letter stating how he wants a perfect marriage a perfect relationship a perfect environment claiming that he was raised in conflict which was not true because he had a pretty normal life probably when after his father died then maybe but wasn't really the case now, one of Barbara's brother was a police officer, and he had a con- he had concerns about Jesse, so he decided to investigate his new brother-in-law. He discovered that he applied for the FBI. However, he was turned down for quote unquote his past record. Mm. Now, keep in mind, he never got caught with the crimes he did. So, what do you think the past record? Where do you think they got this information of past record? Maybe he had stuff that he didn't tell his girl before that. Okay. What do you think? I don't know. Somebody knew him? Well, you're kind of right. Somebody did know him. The FBI interviewed his ex-wife at the time, Deborah, and she told them a lot of things that really didn't make a good FBI agent. So she told him about how he, uh, all the mental abuse that he afflicted on her and uh, and he wouldn't make a good agent because he was emotionally unstable and that she stated that he wouldn't interact well with others and that uh, having access to numerous files, he would abuse his power and, and her family as well as others would be in jeopardy. So she ratted him out and told all these things to the interview, the interviewee after uh, they interviewed uh, Jesse. So based on Nell's past confessions, they denied him. Even though he didn't really have a, a bad record, he was clean, but based on those confessions from his ex-wife at the time, they denied him based on past records because of what he went, what he put her nice. through and and their past marriage. Wow. Crazy, so, huh? That is pretty crazy. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. What's that? This guy that was his brother-in-law, police officer. How do you see that? Going through his that file? He just like out of his own decision, <sighs> without an investigation, without anything happening, taking, abusing that power to be able to just dig into somebody. I, I, I mean, I know where you're going at. I no, feel like, like you're invading someone's privacy. Yes, because... The girl, the woman, did not ask, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, so for example, herself, she wasn't wondering. She wasn't like trying to look into his past or what happened in his life. So him as not being the partner and not being asked to, how do you view the fact that he did that? I mean, I get it. He invaded the privacy of Jesse. He did. Because you can't just go. I mean, you can't just go and say, oh, okay, because I have this power, I can just investigate your information just because you have access to it. That's why yeah. she, she uh, didn't want him to be an FBI agent because of him, his mental stability. He would be invading people's, uh, getting people's information. So it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I get you. I hear you on that one. I, I would feel the same way. But, I mean, can you blame him? <clears throat> I mean, it's a. It's, in my mind, it's an abuse of power. But he's using it in a way I think I have to side a little bit with Matt. Like he's looking out for his sister. Yeah. He's, he's not doing it for like a drug deal or something like that. Like he's, you know, he, he wants to make sure his sister is going to be uh, safe, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean. Okay. But can anybody be safe then with him? Does that mean that every chance he gets because he has the power, any person he knows that he wants to question, he gets to go and search their life? I see what you mean, but again, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he had good intentions. I'll give him that. It's not right. It's not ethical, but he had good intentions. Yeah, I mean, he had concerns, and you know, if you have the whereabouts to find some information on your brother-in-law, hey, I get know. the concerns being a brother and having that access. I get that. But in my opinion, when it comes to ethics, then in that case, he should have approached his sister, talked to her about his concerns, and gotten her permission to look into him for her sake. What did she, she would say no. Then it's none of his business. He tried. But, but he, I get you. I get you. And you're right. I understand. I trust you on this one because I don't want people in my private business either. But, it wasn't like he was doing it to be like on a drug deal or try to get the guy in trouble. He was just trying to see who this guy really is because he didn't he didn't like him from the jump. He had concerns about him. So okay, I, well, that's I what I'm see. saying. The first step is expressing those concerns. Who knows? He might have did. Didn't say, but I, I I feel like I feel you on this one. It's true, but in certain situations, sometimes you gotta throw your ethics out the door when it comes to that and just be like, go with your instinct. Mm, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Like, <laughs> see, I opened up my mouth and said some and I got myself in the mud. <laughs> see, see, Gabby does these things where she's like, "Let me ask a question," and then she's like, "I'm keeping I that receipt." My mouth shut. <laughs> she's like, "I'm keeping that receipt." I played the fifth. Never mind. I played the fifth. <laughs> Dang it! No, I'm done. You all Sorry, strike that from the podcast. It never was said. <laughs> never was said. That wasn't Maddie. It was Nathaniel. <laughs> Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had no ill intention with my question. I really, truly wondered. Like, I feel like that's invading someone's privacy. Like, who told you you could do that? Yeah. But no, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and also during the uh, while he was investigating and finding out, he saw that his brother actually served thirty days in jail for battery. So he wasn't as clean as he thought he was. 
So all that stuff he was saying was a was a hoax. He did serve some jail time. Mm. So he wasn't clean. Oh, he wasn't clean as he he said he was. Mm-hmm. A little twist there. So fast forward a year later, they moved to Wisconsin, and they finally settled in. In 1987, they gave birth to their first child, and what Barbara described, what he did to her, would piss anyone off. What do you think he did to her? To the wife? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't sure you are talking about the child. Oh, no, no, no. He, the same crap he did with the last one. What do you think? I'm going to guess the verbal abuse is starting and he's calling her fat and ugly because she had a baby now and he can't stand it. Yeah, I would, say, I would say the same thing. I'll have to agree. <laughs> that well. <laughs> <laughs> what Gabby said. Well, I will say this. You could have been right. It could have happened that way. What? But what she described, like I said, would piss anyone off. Oh, this is what she described she went through um, during the pregnancy of the first of their first child, not his. During the pregnancy? Well, yeah. Oh, see, you weren't specific. I mean, no, 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 I'm sorry. Um, after, I'm sorry, after. Okay, I was about to fight my yeah, answer. I'm sorry, after. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry. She described being pushed, kicked, Threatened with a knife, as well as being, as well as threatening to throw out, her, throw her out of the house, and taking all of her cards, her money, and he will also talk about divorcing her, and he would he, and that he could throw a knife at her while holding their baby. Whoa. So he was losing it. Whoa! What? Yeah. Ah. Uh, I did say abuse. You didn't say abuse, but she <laughs> went through some physical abuse. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So it's That's getting so worse now. It's getting worse. So he's he's hands-on in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Now, similarities started to flare up again. And then on uh, moving on to 1992, after giving birth to their last child, I think they have three, she had difficult losing weight. And just like in the past, Jesse would be critical and sh- show anger towards her as far as not losing weight. Okay. Call me mean or whatever. I don't care, okay, what people's opinions about me on this is. But I will never understand. When a person's being abused, your marriage is not going good. Your life is already being threatened, including the one of the one child you have. Why do you have more kids with the same asshole who does that? Mm-hmm. I don't ever understand that. That's a good question. Uh, I, I don't understand that either. I mean, the first sign of abuse should tell you this is not it. And, and if you do have a kid, I would take you and that kid away as far as, as, far as possible. To get away yeah, from that because you're just adding more to the situation now making it even more difficult for you to go on your own to, and save yourself and the one you already have but they say some people have kids to save their marriage and i think that's stupid absolutely a child does not save anybody's marriage agreed yeah. so yeah so she's he's uh he's taking that abuse very very over the top now 
That's harsh. Mm-hmm. She would uh, visit a marriage counselor, stating all the abuse he was caused. Uh, he he was uh, causing. She mentioned that she was forbidden by him to talk to any of any counselors anymore, and how he was so upset with her. He found a candy wrapper and. He was upset with her over the fact that he found a candy wrapper in her possession. And mind you, he's abusive towards her, towards her because of her weight gain because of the babies. So he was pissed off one day because he, he found a candy wrapper in her possession. Wow. A close friend of hers related on several occasions how he tried to prevent her from talking on the phone with any of her friends anymore. During the course of several uh, sessions with the counselor, she claimed that not only was he verbally abusing her, he became physical once more. He would hit her in areas that wouldn't show on her body so that he wouldn't uh, show uh, like no evidence. abuse of uh, evidence towards her. So he started hitting her in areas where it wouldn't show anymore. Mm. Yeah. So he's really going up a notch. He's escalating. She, yeah. She would write a letter to her husband that she never gave to him, stating that she would promise to lose. This is what she said in the letter. She would promise to lose weight if he would stop being abusive. In March of 1992, Barbara's parents got a strange phone call from Jesse himself in which he told them his wife was being despondent and expressed concerns she was going to die. Whoa. What? Starting to get weird now. Uh-oh. He indicated that she was suffering from headaches and was thinking a lot about her younger brother who had previously died in 1983. A few days later, Jesse decided to take Barbara on a second honeymoon to Jamaica to have a good time and to Uh-oh. free her mind and get her, uh, get her away from the everyday life. However, Bar- however, Barbara stated that on two occasions, she feared for her life. On the trip. On the trip. What do you think? What do you think happened on those two occasions? He's going to act like she got sick or something, and he probably drugged her to try to overdose her so he could kill her in another country and come back like nothing happened. What do you think, Todd? Hmm. As far as how, how as far as she felt, as far as like she said, she feared uh, for her life on some occasions. And one particular, what do you think happened that made her fear for her life? Um, he probably got more handsier than usual, or or maybe brandished a weapon, scared her with a weapon mm-hmm. or something. Um, uh, no. What happened was, mind you, they're in Jamaica, so they're in a, you know, a foresty area, they, you know, a lot of trees, whatever. He attempted to convince her to climb up the side of a high, high waterfall area, even after she complained to him that she was slipping because she was wearing sandals. And because she didn't want to do it, he was angry with her so bad that he started cussing her out to just climb up there. Just climb up there. Hurry up. Climb. 
he wanted her to climb up the waterfall with her sandals because he wanted her to accidentally fall. fall. But she refused to do so. And it pissed him off. Oh, jeez. So, um... Yeah, that was pretty obvious that he was trying to kill her. Yeah, so it's clear signs that uh, she wants... He wants her dead. So, we have a date. Uh Oh. And the date is... April 21st, 1992. After working his shift at, at his job, they had, man, they had made plans to see a movie that night. And even though they both really didn't want to go, because you know at this point, they're, they're kind of over each other. Um, they didn't want to go. Uh, so after, so they decided to go anyways. So after watching the movie, the movie was actually City of Joy. Uh, they went to a local theater there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it was about 10 p.m. after the movie had ended. They stopped at a TGI Friday's for some appetizers. That's when a, a neighbor who lived nearby, and his name was Daniel Brottingham, he heard a loud scream from a woman say, Help me! Oh my God, help me! That's the loudest I can go. (laughs) (laughs) That's when he rushed over to the parking lot and found both Jesse and Barbara in in uh, in between a car in between their car and a white van bleeding from multiple stab wounds. Both of them. Both of them were stabbed multiple times in between two cars. Ooh. Wait, what? I told you there was a twist. I wasn't expecting that. Yes. What? Barbara was underneath the van while Jesse was on his knees leaning on his hands. So picture that. He's on his knees and hands leaning from multiple staff rooms. Daniel ran back to the restaurant to get help from the employees and told his employees to call 911. An EMT who was there at the time named Paul Torsivia provided first aid. He asked Barbara if she was still, if she was struck by a van because they didn't know. It was a lot of blood and she was in between them underneath the van so she thought he thought she was hit by a car mm-hmm. she couldn't speak so she shook her head no like and she was gurgling jesse mm-hmm. was laying face down now on the pavement asking for help he claimed that they were robbed and stabbed by two black males and that she was stabbed five times in the head mm-hmm. while he was stabbed several times in his chest. I feel like this is a setup. We're going to get to it. Oh, come on. Was Jesse Smollett one of the... Uh, this guy. <laughs> or Juicy Smollett. Ju- Juicy Smollett. Juicy Smollett, man. Why you go there, man? Why you got I don't know. I'm, I'm getting that feeling right now. You guys, What, what are you guys thinking so far? I, I think this is a setup. You think I'm, that too, Tom? I'm thinking, well, you haven't said the condition of her. Like, I mean, obviously, stabbing the head is serious, but maybe he has puncture wounds, but not like deep wounds in his chest. You know what I mean? Like, like. Right. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Like, okay. if, he didn't, if he didn't do a master plan to pay people to do this, then she was trying to defend herself from him, and she stabbed him too, but he had already gotten her enough. I like where y'all think. 
we're going to get into that. Um, at this time, when they found him, he still had the knife in his chest. Despite the EMT urging him to not pull it out, he decided to pull uh, pull out the knife anyway and urged, the, urged everyone to help his wife, help my wife. Don't worry about me, help my wife. When they finally examined Barbara and turned her over, they saw that she was stabbed, guess how many times? Well, you said five, right? Yeah, but initially, that's oh, what I, he said. I would double that, make it 10. What do you think? I'm going to go to like 17 times. When they saw the multiple stab wound, they discovered that she was tab- stabbed 21 times in the head and face, including a penetrating wound from her scalp through her brain. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. They saw that he was stabbed only four times in the chest, in the chest area. Oh, come on. They rushed them both to the hospital and placed her on life support at that time. What do you guys think? The only person to hate her enough to do that to her is him. What a coincidence that she gets stabbed that badly so she could die. And he has four. Just to play it off as he got her too, but to not kill himself. Yeah, because let's just say like they are attacked and he's trying to defend her. You know, he's going to take some wounds probably on his hands, trying to stop a knife. Uh, I, I Taking some to the chest like that and then being able to pull the knife out. Yeah, it's got to hurt, but you're a good ass actor in my mind. I mean, like, yeah, he, he did that to her and then he stabbed himself. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, we're going to see. Otherwise, okay. he would have stab wounds in the back or on the head, too, if that was their goal. Yeah, because then how did they get her so good and not him? Yeah, they coincidentally are on the chest, a place he can reach. Okay. Yeah. I see. Y'all, y'all detectives. Okay, detectives. Is that what y'all thinking? Yep. Yeah, we're we're uh we got that reasonable <laughs> doubt right now. Uh, I have another theory. What? what? <laughs> that one, and then I have the theory that she had enough, so she wanted to kill him before he killed her, and she only was able to do a little bit, and he took the knife from her and stabbed her to death. Hmm. I like yeah, both of you guys' things. theories. I really do. Oh, gosh. You're going to tell us we're wrong. I'm not going to tell you guys I'm wrong. You know what I am going to tell you? No. We're going to end it right oh, here. Oh, ah. Because part two will get into the major twist I that have you, you guys. Reach. Are you sure you want to do that? You guys, this story is going to go for a twist, and you won't believe how it connects to something. Oh, come on. We're going to end it right there. Uh, Don't hate me, Todd, okay? Don't hate me, too. <laughs> See, I, I'm usually on the other end of this enjoying the, the <laughs> backlash, but now I'm like, dude, you suck. Damn you. <laughs> You're sleeping yeah. on the couch today. Oh, God. <laughs> Ty, you got room. <laughs> if you want to make the drive, yeah, why not? 
I'm traveling. No, you two can't sleep together. <laughs> no, I'm not, no, not going to sleep together. <laughs> no. I Have mean, a little bromance thing. I mean, I mean, we could no, spoon, you know, who, yeah. you know, just once or twice. Hey, hey, man. Hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, 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 Todd. That's spooning. I thought spoon. you were going to say something else, man. Only mine. Hey, don't go there, Matt. <laughs> I just said spoon, you know. It gets kind of cold in the house every now and then, you know. Hey, man. Oh, hey. <laughs> What you talking about? You gotta consider it. Oh, geez. I want a divorce. Hey, wait, wait. As long as you don't stab me. Oh, my God. What do you guys think? That we want to hang you right now. That's what we think. I thought it was going to be a twist. You got to wait for the twist, man. So, next time, you got to listen into the show to find out what happens next, eh? (laughs) Because what happens next is going to be so twisted. And it's going to key into a case. There's a clue. Ooh, okay. Um, so we'll next to... time on... No, go ahead. I was going to say, well, I have to all investigate together then. Don't look it up, guys. Do not look no, it I'm up. saying, I'm just yeah. saying we'll have to investigate. I'm not going to lie, I'm tempted. But Don't I'm look it up, because it. when you find out it how, it connects, how it connects, you're going to be like, oh, crap. No, that's what I'm saying. Like It's going to be fun to investigate the story as we go along. I'm not going to cheat. I just want to I just can't wait till you get to the second part. Then we can figure it out. Sorry, sir. Okay. Audience, you cannot cheat either. Do you not cheat, audience. Wait till the Do next not one. cheat. You gotta wait till the next one because you're gonna be like, "Oh my god." I'm just, I'm just getting that Jesse Smoulier <coughs> or Juicy Smoulier, uh feeling. I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I know I, that hurt. That one hurt. I ain't gonna lie. Yes. You want to know what happens next? But tune in <sighs> next time to hear part two of Jesse I forgot his name Jesse freaking Michael Anderson Jesse freaking Michael I Anderson say I was going to say Smoulier yeah I you know, were you, you know I was don't <laughs> dang it <laughs> he kept saying Jesse Smoulier all this whole time was, so yeah Jesse Michael Anderson okay so we're going to turn it off right here and let you guys know where you can find us you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinded True Crime Podcast. And there you can find our page, like our page, comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if you just want to listen to us while you're working, jogging, or even at work, I said that. Yeah. You can <laughs> <laughs> working, jogging, or even at work. Or if you're just in your bed listening to a crime podcast, because that's just something you do, you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for our lovely friends, fans that are outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. And with all that being said, this has been the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host and narrator, Maddie Matt, along with Gabby Gab and Todd Fox. We're signing off. Toodles. Why do you sound so peace? Because I'm... <laughs> I'm not happy. What's going on here? There's not the <laughs> second part of the show. Well, we have to wait another week. <laughs>